It's smoky and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating a suspicious death after an injured man was taken to a hospital and later died overnight. Police believe there was an altercation early Saturday morning at a home in the 100 block of 42 Avenue Northeast. A man in his early 20s was dropped off at the Peter Lougheed Center, where he later died of injuries believed to have been sustained in the confrontation. The investigation is ongoing and an autopsy is scheduled for Monday. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the southwest, there is an incident at 6th Ave and 6th Street, and that is going to be blocking your right lane. In the northeast, 16th Ave over Barlow Trail, there is a bridge rehabilitation project, and that is ongoing. CIBC Smart Everyday Banking gives you insights into your spending so you can make smarter everyday decisions. Switch to CIBC Smart Everyday Banking and get $300. Conditions apply. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. A 20-year-old Edmonton man who was a backseat passenger in a car that lost control and hit a pole yesterday has died. Edmonton police say the man was ejected from the car and died at the scene. The driver and another passenger were transported to hospital. Investigators believe speed was a factor, and they say alcohol may also have been a factor in the crash. The BC Wildfire Service says there are currently 258 wildfires burning in the province. That's down from 275 fires reported in its last update, and down from about 300 earlier in the week. There are 57 evacuation orders in place, down one from Friday, and affecting nearly 5,000 properties. There are 3,320 firefighters and other personnel working to fight the blazes, including 94 from out of province. Calgary and much of southern Alberta remains under a special air quality statement due to the smoke from the fires. After a one-year hiatus, Calgary's Folk Fest returned to Princess Island Park this weekend. Organizers are calling this year's event a success. Global's Matthew Conrad reports. Even while operating at only 15% capacity this year, the Calgary Folk Fest says two and a half days in, its 2021 event known as Summer Serenades is a success. With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing many organizers to rethink how to put on live events this summer, Folk Fest Artistic Director Carrie Clark says guests have reacted well to new changes, most notably this summer. Visitors are assigned a spot in the lawn in front of the stage, all in an effort to give them the comfort of a safe social distance from others. For some guests taking in Saturday afternoon's live music offerings, it was the first time in 18 months that they have found themselves in a large social gathering. It's my first live event after COVID, but I loved the way how they set it up, so it made me like way less nervous about coming. Clark says that being the first live event to follow the Calgary Stampede does invite more attention, but the extra attention so far has been positive. There were eyes on us leading up. We heard from AHS that our plan was so solid and they wished other people had done that. So I feel like the eyes are mostly very, very good. The festival wraps up on July 28th. Matthew Conrad, Global News. Taking a look at sports, Canada's first two Olympic medals came overnight, both won in the pool. The first silver came from the women's 4x100-meter freestyle relay, with Penny Alexiak swimming the anchor leg and winning her fifth Olympic medal. Jennifer Abel and Melissa Centrini-Bolio won silver in the 3-meter synchronized springboard. Olympic medalists can now remove their masks briefly on the podium after the International Olympic Committee relaxed its health rules. Recognizing athletes want to smile and show emotion, the IOC is now letting them have 30 seconds of maskless time for photographs. 
Global news sky tracker weather, mainly sunny and smoky today with a high of 26. Tonight will be partly cloudy and the smoke will stick around for a low of 12. It will be smoky again tomorrow with a high of 27. And Tuesday we'll see a mix of sun and clouds with a high of 26. It's 13 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we're heading into another beautiful week of weather. I guess depends if you're looking for a little rain. Doesn't look like we're going to get any for a bit. So we have to ensure that we're out there doing those things to help get our plants through this little bit of a dry period. So there's definitely lots of things we can do to help. Bark mulch is one of the best things you can do for all your trees and shrubs. Um, it just holds the moisture in and really gets them through this dry uh, climate um, without pretty stress-free, actually. Holds the moisture in really nicely. It sort of recreates the, the, the forest floor for the, for the trees. So they feel like they're just at home in the, in the normal forest, as you would see. And uh, this keeps the roots, so you're not going through that hot where it dries right out and then then you water it it stays it keeps it pretty even and uh so highly recommend the bark mulch and when i do bark mulch i i very rarely rarely use landscape fabric underneath it the only time we use landscape fabric is if you're doing bark chips or chunks or those big bark nuggets, or if you're using like a decorative rock, like a rundle or washed rock or something like that. If you're using this landscape fabric and your mulch, it, it the mulch will weave itself together and and sticks right to the soil, which is great, becomes part of the soil. Because if you happen to be in a bit of a windy spot or or whatever, the fabric, the, the mulch has nothing to stick to. So a lot of times I see it blown off and especially on a lot of commercial sites, when they when they use mulch and fabric, it just doesn't work together. So, I I, I would recommend no 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 fabric underneath your mulch. This is it sticks itself together, weaves itself together, I'd say, and creates its own weed barrier um, within itself. And you need to freshen it up you know, once a year. I kind of put a little bit over top just to give it a nice look, and. Uh, or you can wait a couple of years and it goes gray, but it's not that expensive. You sort of give it a little fresh, freshen up every spring, pull out any big weeds. It makes it really easy for pulling weeds as they come up because they've been, they kind of thin out through the mulch. And you want to start about in that two or three to four inches because it, it shrinks down and compacts the first time. And then after that, you're just basically adding an inch or so here or there every couple, uh, Every couple of years sort of thing. So uh, let's see. Morning. Here's my ant hotel that I've heard so much about. No ants in the grass anymore, but I also don't see any ant action in the pail. Am I doing this right? I do have two brown spots and other spots. Is this even due to ants? Um, I would really dig into the soil. I had some really interesting video and some pictures from one of our listeners who uh, had the bad cinch bug. 
And when you dig down there, you'll see like either the little red or black and the cinch, they kind of have a little white stripe on their back. And uh, so what I would do is just dig down and see if you have any uh, cinch bugs in kind of these areas. Because ants, if they're in your lawn, they, they tend to, um, you know, they're very visible, right? They create that um, spot in there and they kick around. But interesting to see if, if those are, if there's ants there before. So the way to see, it's hard to see that in the pail. Um, but pull the pail and maybe take it somewhere like into a, a spot, into a wheelbarrow or or somewhere else where you can dispose of it, like take it to a just a natural area of some sort or somewhere. Dump it out and see if the ants are in there because it's hard to see if it's in there in a the black pot. But if it did get rid of them, then it did work. Um, interesting. Um, and one way to tell... Um, if it is, I would say it looks like you have cinch because just the way it's sort of um, spreading around. So what you're looking for is either brown areas and the really way to diagnose if it's cinch or just drought, fertilize and, or water your grass a bit in those dry areas. If it greens up really fast, um, it wasn't the cinch bug. It was uh, just lack of water, which which can happen. And you can revive your lawn really quickly. Um, give it a good mowing, fertilize it with the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, um, water it a couple times, and you'll be amazed at how uh, how fast it will recover. And once you feed a lawn, um, because it is it is they are it is a pretty simple process um, to keep your grass pretty neat and tidy and nice and green. So, anyways, you can give that a shot couple exciting things down at the garden center that uh, Jen's going to fill us in at in about 9.15. We have some uh, some good things that are going to be uh, getting released finally. And what else are we going to talk about? And we'll take all your calls. If you'd like to call me, 403-974-8255. And uh, out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And... Uh, Went to an outdoor concert last night, which was kind of fun at the Tassina Nation. And that was brought to you by our station and 107 and a couple other ones. So lots of fun. It was a ACDC tribute band, BCDC. And it was really interesting. The demographics of people, like I'm 53. Or actually, I'm 54 now. And uh, I actually kind of felt younger in there. There was lots of older folks, lots of younger folks. So it was it was good, a lot of fun. And uh, so, anyways, if you get a chance, they're doing a whole concert series out there, and they're very organized. You pull in through by the casino, they have you park, and you get an empty lot, empty spot right beside your car, so you can set up your chairs. It's, it's a great way to spend the night. Then they have a little festival there if you want to get up close to the stage and. And rock it out. You can uh, you can do that as well. So, anyways, get out and enjoy. Um, now that we're we're allowed to be back out and socializing, so highly recommend those concerts. They're a lot of fun, and uh, there's some food trucks and stuff. So, anyways, if that uh, if you're a, a rock and roller or anything like that, uh, get out there, and have some fun. And good morning. Do you? Let's get back to gardening now. Good morning. Do you have any things for caterpillars? They're eating my Brussels sprouts. Also, what to do with magpies? They're eating my strawberries. 
For the birds, you can get, um, we have bird netting that you can put over top of your strawberries and that will work good. And we do have a product called BTK that you can use for caterpillars and uh, it works really quite well. And so that's the thing I would see uh, um, to help out with that. And uh, hopefully that helps. Cause you actually don't want to lose all your uh, all your leaves on your Brussels sprouts. My Brussels sprouts are about six eight inches high right now. So hopefully we start kicking in. And uh, I'm doing them a raised planter. And I think they need to be more in the ground. Hopefully we'll see what I get out of these. But uh, yeah, yeah, they like to be uh, they're fairly heavy feeders. A lot of those uh, cabbages and Brussels sprouts and things like that. So. Anyways, and I'm going to just read a couple more texts, and then I'm going to take a break, and then we'll chat with Jan after the break. Ooh, nice. Is five to six inches of mulch better than three to four? Um, You just want to be careful you don't go too thick. Like five or six, if you're up around your plants and you're burying your plants, I, I would start with less. Like three to four is pretty good. It's pretty thick packs down nicely and then i would just add on to it so i i think i would try to stick five to six if it's all just big trees and stuff and you're not piling up against the uh, up against the trunk you, you're totally fine with that but with perennials and some of the shrubs you just got to be careful on on some of those things and ooh, yeah what is this actually guy just sent a picture and says good morning merle what is this and I'll be honest, it looks like creeping bellflower to me, and it might be an invasive weed. So I'm pretty sure that's what it is without seeing those blooms come up, but I'm almost positive that's what it looks like, Corey. So if you can see that and uh, and listen to that, I, I can text it to you as well. And also, hey, here's a text on how to get rid of magpies. I didn't answer that. Hi, Merle. To get rid of magpies, put a ball of tin foil or pie plates. They do not like shiny objects. Well, there you go. So do that. You can, <laughs> and then they're going to think you're a Trump supporter if you put that on your head. Aren't those guys the ones that wear the tin foil? Just kidding. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll take some calls, 403-974-8255. We'll chat with Jen, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right, I'm going to go down to the tropical paradise down at uh, at the Spruce it up garden center down in the greenhouse in the tropical section. We're going to chat with Jen. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle, from the tropical section in the office upstairs for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little quieter, I guess, eh? A little bit, yeah. Although I don't mind being down there at all. It's just, but it is a little bit distracting um, on the radio yeah. at the same time. But yeah, here I am. 
Awesome. Yeah, we don't want to get a bad review to say, yeah, the the, <laughs> the staff is always on her phone, <laughs> ignored me, and then we'll get a bad review. Oh, I know. It's surprising, uh, though, how much we use our phones actually down there for plant information. I don't know, you know, I, with our customers, too, we use our phones a lot. So I, I actually encourage the staff and, and myself Visual. to have our phones down there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. You get that visual. You can show them. It's quite, quite. Sometimes, if you want to explain to somebody, you can t- pull up a picture or whatever True. and show yeah. them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we have some exciting. We're, we're we're releasing some special friends that we've had for a while. Release. They're let out. Yes, we've had some uh, special friends all the way from Thailand. Actually, the Thai constellations, those monsteras with the variegation in them. So you no longer have to put masking tape on your monsteras. (laughs) You can come in and get a tie. Um, Yeah, they're ready to go. They're slow growers. Um, So I think they took a bit of time to kind of get some of those new leaves going so we could be confident too in in terms of Yeah, they're getting nice big ones too. They're spitting out lots of nice and nice big leaves. So um, they're looking nice and healthy and... uh, and uh, so looking forward to seeing some of those people that have been waiting to to get one of those Thai constellation, the variegated monsteras. So variegated mon- and they're in large pots as well. So you don't have to buy a little a little four inch or they're I mean you can if you want. We don't have those ones, but these guys are ready to go and they'll make an impact right away. You'll be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can leave them in there for a while too. They're in a good ten inch pot. So yeah. we put them into a decent looking pot and mm-hmm. uh you're good to it was, go. It was kind of interesting to what we did with that. And some of it, I think we'll do a little bit of that on some of the bigger plants. I'm not sure if I do. Like we still have some of the Hoyas and stuff that we imported. Yep. Um, it, it, it's it, it's definitely a bit of work, um, but some of it's it's quite rewarding. You see some of the people that are pretty happy when they see some of the plants that we had in. And uh, But as that grows, we're starting to see some of those plants become mainstream Mm-hmm. From some of our other suppliers that are growing them for us and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so so as as it as it progresses, um, word travels quick of what people want, and then the <laughs> professional growers they get it for us and it does and that's kind of what we yeah. yeah and we like to work with a like we have a lot of growers that work with us and will grow for us so um, and and that what was what we like to do a lot of times is let. Let our growing partners grow for us, and uh, and we do the specialty. We bring you the information and the retail expertise, and uh, and present the plants at the final, the final stage of when they're ready to be put out the door. True story. That's quite a system. But you're right, though. We do try and listen um, to what the customers are wanting here as well, and. Uh, yeah, it's been fun trying to get hold of different plants and bring them in. And I think we've had a nice variety lately. And so it's been really nice good variety. Yeah. 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 So and thank you it, to all and the it's, Yeah. And we have, um, it's been difficult this year. I know even out in the tree lot, we don't have as big a variety this year. We have a lot of trees and stuff out there. But there's certain specifications, and, and this is where it does get frustrating where people say, well, why didn't you order those? You knew this was coming, like we have some plant projects. Right. But you can't just force a plant. Like there's certain, um, um, not legalities, but certain restrictions or or standards that we have to stick with. Like when a tree gets released in a two-gallon pot, it has to cover or has to be a certain size before you can sell it as a two gallon or a five gallon or a 10 gallon. Right. 
it has to reach a certain size. The roots have to become a certain um, fill in the pot. So um, th those are things that they're just not widgets that we spin off the off the warehouse floor or in the factory. Like these are living plants, and they do take a while. And and there and there was a shortage. We got decimated from last year, and a lot of stuff was in 2020. We were selling 2021 product, and 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 it's just it's it's been harder to keep up with some of the variety. So I know you've had a hard time finding perennials and some of these things yeah. as well. Yeah, you're right. It's um, although I will say the perennial house and the uh, and the tree lot with the hydrangea and the and the roses in particular, everything looks phenomenal right now. But you're right, some of the ones have been difficult to kind of to kind of latch onto. But I did get hold of some. Um, so I did uh, get a shipment of perennials in, and, I, and included in that shipment is some vines. Um, so, so that's coming. Yeah, in we've as had well. a lot of people asking for vines. So, you yeah. uh, you'll be getting a bunch of vines in this coming. I'll week? be getting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping by the end of the week. So, um, yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. To, and, but um, honestly, coming in here now, like I said, the color is absolutely incredible. So I uh, I don't know. I'm stoked about what we have still in stock. Um, the oh, it's full. It looks great. Yeah. It's just, I'm just want to mention on some of those things, it, we've had trouble, especially in our 15 and 20 gallon and some of the 10 gallon trees more so. It's just because they need to get to size before right. we can release them. Um, I, I don't want to be, I know there's some guys or some of the stores, they're selling like little tiny trees in these big pots and they're selling as a 10 gallon. I don't want to do that. I got, we got to follow the, the certification is part of our nursery standards that we have to follow. So, well, and, and, and uh, our own and, standards, Merle. Right? I mean, we don't want to be selling absolutely. things to customers that they, you know, that it just could be in better shape and in better form. Exactly. So, yeah. Nope. So, and we we try to educate everybody on that, and uh, and we've we've done a very good job. But um, we are in a world right now where everyone clicks on Amazon and it arrives tomorrow, right? But <laughs> yeah, I guess so. With trees and shrubs and things, you can't do that. So be be patient if you're working with landscapers or your garden centers or or the little plant stores that we all like to visit and stuff like that. All of us in this industry, just be patient. We're, we're, we'd all love to have those plants and sell them to you. It's just sometimes they're just not available at certain times. We have to we have to go through the growing process, as they say. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Love anyways, that stuff, hey? yeah. Yeah. Oh, there is, and and that's the stuff that you and I are working on a lot right now, ordering for next year, yeah. getting things ready, and uh, and trying to ensure, and and next year a lot of the stuff will be back into fulfillment and things like that. It's just it's it's taken a bit of time, mm -hmm. and our nurseries, like we said, they they have to put their name behind it. We put our name behind it, so next year it looks a little bit better. Um, as far as a lot of the of the inventory is getting back up to being stocked properly, so but and and at the end of the season too, like we're seeing more and more on our availabilities from our growers. So yeah, anyways, we're we're working on it. So we're, we're trying hard. So <laughs> so what other kind of tropical plants did you get that are kind of cool? I know you got a bunch of stuff in the other day. 
Oh my gosh, um, the philodendrons. We have the gigantium in right now. I guess they get, I haven't seen one before, but um, we have them now and they get these huge leaves. We have the philodendron narrow on a pole, which is so beautiful. I know Jess walks by it all the time. The alocasias that we have, we have different types in um, off the top of my head. I can't remember all of them, but I know a couple of our staff members just couldn't pass them up. Jess and Nick, you guys know who you are. Um, we have so many beautiful plants in stock, so many standards. The ficus audrey has the fuzzy leaves, so it looks like a kind of a tree inside, but it's an indoor plant. Um, we have so many, Merle, and I brought in actually more herbs, too, because I know customers have been really looking for herbs. Not a tropical plant, but that's where they'll be, and with the tropicals, I'm not going to get a ton, but um, it's always nice to have fresh herbs for summer still. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, the succulents, the, the succulents, I can't talk. I haven't finished my Starbucks <laughs> Um, the cactus that we have in, yeah, it's we've been working hard in there and kind of reorganizing so that people can shop, um, and so they know where the ficus are, they know where you know the the uh, philodendrons are, they know where the alocasias are. So we're trying to kind of separate them for customers as well that way. But we've got some more Venus flytraps in, um, so yeah, there's honestly awesome. I could right. go on. Yeah, thanks, Mark. All right, I gotta go and uh, gotta take my break. But thanks, Jen, and uh, if you want to come down and visit Jen and the crew down there, they're down there all day, and we're open 9 to 6 daily now. So, all right, thanks, Jen. Thanks, Merle. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, I got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's smoking 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating a suspicious death after a man was taken to hospital overnight where he later died. It is believed he died of injuries sustained during an altercation at a home in the Northeast. Canada swimmers are the first to win medals at the Tokyo Olympics. Penny Oleskiak swam the anchor leg as the women's 4x100 freestyle relay team captured a silver medal last night. Divers Jennifer Abel and Melissa Santrini-Bolio won a silver medal in the women's 3-meter synchronized springboard. 257 wildfires are burning as of this morning in British Columbia, according to the BC Wildfire Service. Smoke from the forest fires has prompted Environment Canada to issue air quality advisories across large areas of BC, Alberta, Manitoba, and northwestern Ontario. It's mainly sunny and smoky today with a high of 26. The smoke will stick around overnight and into tomorrow where we'll have a high of 27. It's 17 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help you? Hi. Yeah, I've got some uh, cucumber plants in okay. a uh, in a container. Um, about 20 inches diameter, about two feet high. Okay. And and they're growing really well, but they're there's lots of little fruits on them, about half inch long. Yeah. But those are developing, and they're devel- and the ends are turning brown. Okay. It sounds like you probably have what type of soil? Like, did you do a like a fresh new potting soil, or is it older uh, soil that were in the pots before, or? <clears throat> Uh, some 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 older potting soil, but I, I mended it with some uh, compost that I had um, okay. made over the last couple of years. Okay, yeah, you just gotta be careful. Just with 
if it's too much compost, that can cause a bit of that. It's just lacking calcium as well. It's similar to the blossom end rot that uh, you get with um, on tomatoes. And those, they don't like a super, super rich soil. They like it a little bit lighter. So you got to be careful with this manure, putting it in there or compost. Okay. So I would, um, yeah, I would just, if you can get a, uh, find a good tomato fertilizer with calcium in it. Uh-huh. Um, and use that. And then even just get some regular potting soil. And maybe if you want to pull the cucumbers out, depends how big they're. Um, if you can pull them out of the soil, maybe remove some and just put in some fresh potting soil in there. There's still lots of season left here to, to continue to grow on. So you might mm-hmm. want to just add and fix up the soil a bit. Give it, just get it like a, like if you have our spruce it up all purpose or the black gold or something like that. Um, we have a few different potting soils at the store. I would just stick with the bagged um, soilless mix. Yeah. Okay. So when I say uh-huh. soilless, it, it's it's potting soil. So it's kind of when you say real soil, like it's it doesn't have like black loam. It's all made from yeah. sphagnum moss or cocoa moss and stuff like that. Okay, so the the, the plants right now uh, <clears throat> they're pretty big. I mean, they're growing they're growing about two feet above the top of the, the um, okay the pot. Okay, so you're just lacking calcium. So we do have just a straight calcium supplement that you could add to that as well. If they're that mm-hmm. big, they're obviously growing well, and there's nitrogen and stuff like that. So you're just lacking the the calcium, and just watch that you don't. Um, um, just consistent watering, sort of let it dry out in between watering, like, and just just try and stay as consistent as you can on the watering. Okay, what happens if you water too much? Yeah, you can get some of that too, but you'll start seeing lots of yellowing in your leaves and things like that. No, the leaves, <clears throat> the leaves are, are are pretty good. There's a bit of um, bit of gray on them now. They're turning a bit of gray in them. Yeah, so watch. Yeah, you could be watch. You might be getting powdery mildew on there. Mm-hmm. So that's just if you're getting maybe too much water on the leaves. When you do water, try not to water on the leaves so at least amount as possible. Just water okay. the soil because that so, can cause the if you if your sprinkler system is hitting it or if you're watering all the time on the leaves, it can cause that uh, powdery mildew. So okay. when you get that pure spray green, works really good on that. And if it if if one of your leaves has a lot of it, I would just pull it off. Okay. Um, I, I have to, um, put these, uh, off my deck under, under, they were under a spruce tree for about 10 days. Okay. Um, I, live in a, I live in a condo and they had to re- replace some of the deck boards. So, yep. <clears throat> and when I pulled it, when I, when I put everything back yesterday, this is when I noticed the, the issues. Yeah. So it was probably underneath there in the shade and then you're getting the powdery mildew from that. So it should be fine. Bring it out, get it in the full sun again. Um, get your calcium supplement, and it sounds like you should be okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a couple of pictures and head down to to uh, your store and, and chat a bit more and pick okay. up what I need. Yeah, to and you can send them. You can send those pictures if you can. You can text them right to the same number, and I'll try to get to that as well. Okay. Thank you very much for taking time to help. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thanks, Brian. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? 
Hi, Merle. Uh, I'm just I'm phoning on behalf of a friend. He has a super sweet 100 cherry tomato, and it's not sweet. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. And he's had one last year. It was perfectly fine, but this year they're not sweet. And I was wondering, um, is there nutrients missing or what's happening? Um, part of it is could be this the soil, um, good watering, and it's just it's in this heat too. He's in like, the states. You need. Oh, he's in the states. I'm for a but friend. Could, he's in the Chicago area. Oh, right. I wonder if they're getting the same type of heat down there, um, because because I find like if I eat my tomatoes at at night after a warm day, they they don't taste as good. I like to have them first thing in the morning. So depending on when he picks them as well. Mm-hmm. So if you pick them early in the morning, they seem to have a higher sugar content because they, they've cooled off and they build their sugars up a bit more. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. So try that because it does make a big difference. When you pull a tomato off and it's real warm, it just it doesn't have that same effect. And then, But if you pick it up early in the morning and, and pick them, they have definitely a higher sugar content at that point. Good going. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, love Chicago. Such beautiful plants. If anybody, if you get a chance to go there and you're a gardener, it's just, it's so beautiful wandering around there. There's so many great plants. It's such a, it's a very botanical city. It's awesome. It is, yes. Well, just don't make the wrong turn down the wrong turn. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Well, take thank care. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to – I got some time. Actually, I'm probably just going to take a break, and then I'll go to Lorraine and Leslie after the break. Right now, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. Good morning, Merle. First Good morning. Of all, How can I help you? Uh, well, I just at the top, I want to say uh, thank you very much, Merle, for all your shows and your sponsorship of that really good public service show. I realize there's other sponsors as well. But uh, I just want to thank you for your time and energy you put into the show. <laughs> thank you. I, and I love it. I, I honestly, I, I enjoy I get to talk with great folks like yourself. And I get to meet a lot of people when they come in the store. And I'm very fortunate to be able to talk about something that I have a passion for. You bet. So I consider myself very lucky. So thank you very so much. Good. You bet. I've got a couple questions. So I'll try to keep them really brief. And then okay. I've got a public service announcement of my own, more or less. Um, <laughs> Katoni Aster. Katoni Aster, yep. uh, I've got a problem bush. It's a very, very old bush. Uh, probably about 30, 40 years old. Okay. And um, it's, you know, no longer in its prime this year. It took uh some doing to get it to produce any leaves at all and the leaves didn't uh actually do that till probably oh june end of june and uh, even so there's a lot of dead uh wood which had I never would say, been trimmed yeah what's what's been happening with all the ketoniasters throughout calgary and yeah. area it's the scale is and uh and it's just been attacking them like crazy. 
and it's an oyster shell scale. Ah. So what really, when you have something that's as bad as what you got, I would recommend either yourself or hiring an arborist team and our guys that prune it up would come in. And what they would do is take it right down to the ground and we would cut it like like three to four inches high, remove yeah. all that old deadwood. Because right now all the energy of that plant is trying to revive all that old deadwood. Oh, Instead, yeah. if, it, if you were to cut it down, it's called rejuvenation. And okay. we clean out all the old deadwood. Mm-hmm. And and then all that energy can go into all new growth, and uh, and before you know it, you have a nice fresh looking hedge that looks great, and uh, and move okay. on from there because you, you, that wood will never get revived. So no. it just once it's gone like that, yeah. I I would be uh, that's what I would recommend is just oh, do a full we will do that for sure. Uh, I know I've met your putting it up guy. And uh, he's just tremendous. He's really knowledgeable. We're uh, talking about getting my birch tree down or pruned pruned, uh, because it's a very, very old one as well, but it's very healthy. Anyway, another topic. Um, I've got uh, a bad situation also with my clover on my front lawn. It's uh, spreading. It's also creeping what is it called the stuff that, that has these creeping little, bellflower no it's uh little white flowers on top of a uh, okay. ground cover uh, which okay. is basically matting into the lawn i can't remember the name of it but anyway the, the type of clover yeah yeah um, on another show, uh, Merle, you and uh, were talking about Killix being very useful for that. Um, yes. I don't have Killix, at least, that I can find around the, our garage, but um, I've got Weed Be Gone. Would that do a job on... Okay, you know, I, I don't know that brand, because some of them... Um, you just have to make sure, when you read the directions, if it's a selective herbicide or a non-selective herbicide? It's a selective herbicide. I've got the container right in front of me. Okay. If it's a selective herbicide, if it says broadleaf herbicide like that, selective, it should be fine. Um, It won't kill your grass. Test a little area first. Okay. Like spray a small area and to see how it goes. But but I'm pretty sure that's just, it's a similar brand to Kellex. It's another, it's another brand. Okay. I just, I don't, I don't know those ones off the top of my head. So, but if it's a selective herbicide, it's simply fine. Like, okay. pro, like a product like Roundup is a non-selective. Yeah, it just right, kills everything right. green. Right. So you should be fine with that okay. if it says selective herbicide. Okay, it does. One other thing, uh, Rosebush, she's my public service. Okay. Uh, in case anybody out there wants a, a wandering type of rosebush, like it sends runners underground and uh, they can appear anywhere, uh, much like poplar trees do. And uh, this bush is uh, has been healthy. Uh, I'm willing to give it away to somebody that wants to dig it up for me. Um, and uh, also, second, uh, one other thing. If you've got any young, young listeners out there who are interested in helping me with my gardening, um, my husband's on our farm during the summer. I need help uh, 
with maintaining our lawn, cutting it, and so on. And if anybody is out there that's, you know, a teenager willing to, uh, to yeah, come out. In your area, what I would recommend on something like that, um, Lorraine, is to just even put an ad in on yeah, Kijiji or, or something like that, or on yeah. if you're on the Facebook Marketplace. Um, and then, and then, hopefully, you can get somebody that way. Just uh, be careful. Yeah. Make sure you interview correctly, yeah, and and make sure. All right. Yeah. Thank All right. You Thank so, you so much. So much, Merle. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And where I'm at for time, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? <laughs> I um, realize that I have got this iron deficiency problem with my um, aspen, columnar aspen, Swedish aspen. Okay. And yeah, they sort of look like they're going chlorotic. They're kind of yeah. real light green. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the only reason I really know that's what it is is me is because my daughter has the same problem in Calgary. I'm in Okotoks, and it's okay. just starting. I've just noticed it not that long ago, and it's just starting. It's kind of at the bottom of the tree, so I need to yep. get rid of it now. <laughs> I need to fix it now, okay. so what can you tell me? So, so you come down, just spruce it up, and we'll get you set. You need some chelated iron. Chelated iron. And you mix iron. it with water. Yeah, you mix it with water, and uh, just water around the root system of your trees there. And it will help green them right back up. And how often should I be putting that on? Um, I would probably do it three times in a row. Like you could do it this week, do it again in three or four days, and then again in three or four days just to build the iron up into your leaves. Okay. That'll do the trick. No, no foliar spray? Does that help? Um, it, not, it, it will a little bit, but I would just try to get it into the roots. Okay. Like it more importantly, it's okay. um, especially in this heat. I don't want to put a bunch of fertilizer on our leaves. It could burn oh, got it. it. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we're not getting any rain, so it's um, just in this heat. I'm always I want to be careful um, putting anything too much on the leaves and things like that. So just so just give it a good watering iron first. The same as iron sulfate. I don't yes. know what iron. Micronized iron. There's a couple of different ones. We have the chelated iron that has a picture of the green leaves on the on okay. the front of the, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Alrighty. Thank you very All right. much. Bye. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay, Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. And I got a bit more time. I'm going to go to Ellen. Good morning, Ellen. Hello. How are you? Hi there. Um, Good. I have a blue spruce tree, at least twenty five feet tall. And the tip and four rows of branches are completely brown and some needles missing. Yeah, curling over on the top? A little bit. Yeah, you, you have a weevil, probably. If it's on the very top, yes, so what it is, top. it's a little, yeah, it's what it is, it's a little maggot that crawls all the way from the bottom, crawls all the way up to the new growth mm. where it's nice and soft and it gets in there. And it eats the the top from the inside out. So oh. you need to get an arborist in there so you can give Mark a shout. 
Yeah. And we can get our guys up there. And what they do is they just cut um, the affected area out until they don't see any more of the of the damage done mm-hmm. to it. So that's and- really the only way you can do it. And uh, you can chat with Mark about a treatment as well. He might be able to do an injection on that as well. Uh, is this your phone number? Um, no, I can give it to you. You can call Mark at 403 532 532 2500. 2500. Okay, thank yep. you very much. Thank You're welcome. You. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye bye. All right. Let's go. And I actually got time. I'm going to go to Murray. Good morning, Murray. Hi, how are you? Hey, good, good. How can I help you? Good. I'm just good. Um, I sent you a couple of pictures of our apple tree. Uh, it's not doing well. This is the second year since we've planted it. Um, and I noticed at the bottom... What's that- your last three numbers of your phone number? 6738. 6738. Okay. I just got to try and find it here on my... Oh, there it is. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Nasty. Yeah, you yeah. have a damage... Um, either from a weed whipper or mice got in there and chewed that off. So those trees, I would just say you're done. Like to be you're honest, done. like it, it yeah. it'll it'll survive for a bit and come back a bit, but really you're going to be fighting with it. And like it's right down to the cambium layer. Like it it'll grow and it'll be okay for a bit. Is it a what type of tree is it? It's hard to tell. It's a honey crisp apple yeah little apple yeah see the yeah. and the mice love those and they get in there and they just chew on the bottom of the bark and that one looks like it could be i don't know if, if there was someone maybe with a weed whipper before or some sort of damage it looks pretty heavy or the mice just chewed that right down into the right into that layer so unfortunately i would probably start i would just Take cut my out. losses now yeah almost because it's just it's just you're gonna have nothing but problems as you go, and then you're gonna waste five years, and then <laughs> then have to I take mean, it out. It yeah, it, yeah. It's, so that's what a, I would recommend. Year. We've only had it in two years, so um, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry you, about that. I, okay, you you could try, me. like you said, if you like. It's just if it wasn't gone right down, like so deep. Um, you could maybe try like lack balsam, but even see how the bark is cracked yeah. inside. Yeah. Like it's just it's just gonna be a matter of time. It'll be a slow death. So I just think you're better off start fresh. And then this coming season when you do it, you can put protection over top of the bark for the for the winter time. Because what it is, it's underneath the snow, then they tunnel through there and they chew right. it over the winter time. Yeah. Is it Alrighty. too is it too late in the season to um Plant a new tree, or should you wait for? Oh, fall? absolutely not. You can do nope, it now. Right now is a great time. Yep. Okay. Um, one more quick question: Do you have any of the apple trees that have the that are grafted with different yep. varieties? Yeah, we have the multi. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep, we okay. have those in great. stock right now. Thanks so much. All right. Your time. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Murray. Bye bye. All right. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's smoky and 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police continue to investigate the suspicious death of a man following a fight Saturday. 
Police say the fight started at a home in the 100 block of 42nd Avenue Northeast early Saturday morning. Investigators say the victim, who was in his 20s, was confronted by an unknown person and suffered serious injuries. The man was dropped off at the Peter Lougheed Center at 4 a.m. and later died from his injuries. An autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow and anyone with information is asked to call the police. Calgary firefighters responded to an early morning fire today near the train tracks in Ogden. A video sent into Global News shows railroad ties on fires and flames and smoke billowing from beside the tracks. Calgary Fire says crews responded to several grass and bush fires along the CN Rail Line and that these broke out around 3 a.m. this morning in the area of 30th Street and 60th Avenue Southeast. At the time, Calgary Fire said the fires don't seem suspicious in nature and may have been caused by a train on the tracks. A biker gang-related incident in Cranbrook had five people hospitalized Friday night. Global's Kristen Robinson reports. An explosive situation in Cranbrook Friday night. East Kootenay Regional Hospital locked down after five people showed up with stab wounds, following what RCMP say was a brawl between rival biker gangs from Alberta. Rebels Motorcycle Club members gathered outside the hospital after the melee, which police say happened around 7 at a gas station along the city's downtown strip. Officers ended up separating the opposing outlaw gangs after encountering a full-on street battle. Cranbrook is home to about 20,000 people. Locals say biker gangs visit every year and things are usually quiet. All of those injured in Friday's clash released. The province's anti-gang agency says it's rare to have another outlaw biker gang challenge the Hells Angels. Its members deployed to Cranbrook to assist local police who escorted one group out of town and say their presence at the hospital prevented further violence. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The BC Wildfire Service says there are 257 wildfires currently burning in the province. That's one fewer than Saturday's update, but down from about 300 earlier in the week. There are now 58 evacuation orders in place, affecting about 4,400 properties. Another nearly 17,500 properties are on evacuation alert, meaning residents have been told to be ready to leave on short notice. 100 firefighters from Mexico arrived Saturday to help fight the blazes, and British Columbia's public safety minister thanked them for their support. Despite the drop in the number of active wildfires, Mike Farnworth says there is challenging weather in the forecast for the foreseeable future. If you're an old-age security recipient and are 75 or older, then you're likely aware that you're getting an extra $500 soon. It is a one-time supplement. Bill Van Gorders, the chief operating officer for the Canadian Association for Retired Persons, says his members are pretty peeved. Since COVID started, they have heard of thousands of dollars going to all other segments of the population. What did they get? Well, a year ago, they got 300 bucks, maybe 200 more if they were really poor. And now they're getting another uh, five, uh, 500, but only if they're over 75. And the people between 65 and 75 are saying, hey, wait a minute, what about us? Van Gorder reminds those 75 and older that the $500 announcement last week isn't anything new. The Trudeau Liberals have already announced this gift twice before. Taking a look at sports, Olympic medalists can now briefly remove their masks on the podium after the International Olympic Committee relaxed its health rules. Recognizing athletes want to smile and show emotion, the IOC is now letting them have 30 seconds of maskless time for photographs as long as they stay on their own podium steps and replace their masks after for group photos. This change is good news for Canadian swimmers who won two med- silver medals overnight. 
Penny Oleksiak and the four four by one hundred meter freelay freestyle relay team finished three seconds behind Australia to win silver, while Jennifer Abel and Melissa Centrini Bolio won silver in the women's three meter synchronized springboard. It's mainly sunny and smoky today with a high of 26. A special air quality statement is in effect for Calgary and most of southern Alberta. The air quality is currently at a 4, which is considered a moderate risk. The smoke will stick around overnight and into tomorrow where we'll see a high of 27. It's 17 degrees at 10 o'clock. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, I think we might have one or two spots available. 403-974-8255. Right now I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Merle. How you doing today, man? Well, you know, it's a beautiful Sunday out at Belly Acres. It is gorgeous out there. Hey, I don't know if you got my I, picture. I, yeah, I got them right up here on the screen, so we're good to go. Okay, so Vegas wants to do... Two clumps of three Montgomery blue spruce. Yeah. One kind of right between the lilac and the uh, crabapple tree. Yeah. And then three about where the tailgate is on my lovely shot of the uh, farm truck. <laughs> <laughs> what do you nice. uh, like? What do you think of that? Like, I know they go ten feet tall by about eight feet. I think. Yeah, they're really slow growing. Um, yep. So. Um, but other than that, they're great. Like they're a hardy tree. They they give you that year-round color, and they're not going to overtake like a big Colorado blue spruce or something like that. I'd recommend that. Um, we have some really nice lodgepole pine in right now as well, or okay. a mountain pine. Um, either one of those. The Montgomery, like I said, they they're like they're really quite slow to get going. So. But okay, uh, gorgeous tree. To, uh, I don't want to get too high, right? So is that the ones you're talking yeah. about? Like I want to keep it around ten feet, right? Like max. Yeah, the, the actually the lodgepole they'll go a little taller. Bristlecone pine is another one, but yeah, the the Montgomery is probably a great choice just to okay, keep it small like get, that. Um, like I can't do full mature because that'll kill our uh, landscape budget. But what what would you recommend? Yeah. Like, can we get like a ten or twenty gallon? Yeah, we can get them in ten gallon. And uh, there hasn't been a ton available, um, but I can definitely look and see what I can get for you guys. Okay. Well, if you don't mind, shoot me a text when you're done your show. And uh, as always, a great show. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got some time. I'm going to go to Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Uh, good morning. Well, how are you? How can morning? I help you? Uh, I'm doing actually really good. You know, I had uh, <laughs> it's a good sleep. Day. <laughs> yeah, like there's not much to complain about. Like, look outside; it's pretty gorgeous. So, um, for sure, um, I'm calling because we planted four large ten-gallon Preston Royalty lilacs around the end of May, and they were yeah. doing just fine. But now there are tiny little holes in some of the leaves in all four of the bushes. Okay, um, and and in Alberta and Calgary, like. They we're always going to get little holes and things because there's lots of little bugs and things like that. So for the most part, I don't worry about things like that because some of them are from just a bug that stops by for a little snack, <laughs> maybe a heavy rainfall when the leaves are new coming out, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Maybe a touch of hail. But for the most part, unless I'm seeing a bit more of like a devastation or something really affecting it, Little tiny, like if I if I was to walk through my 
yard and to diagnose my every every one of my plants would have some sort of dots and things. Like I said, for the most part, I, I, I just I chalk it up to, hey, I've had some visitors, maybe a little heavy rain. Um, like I said, a little bug went by, had a snack, and then moved on. So unless you if you when so what I always try to do is look at the affected area. Do I see any existing like lots of bugs, a whole bunch of aphids or something like that? And then I'll treat it. But if I really don't see anything, yeah, I would just chalk it up as hey, someone stopped by for a little snack and on, uh on each and, one of the trees, yeah. On each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's that's gonna happen. So like I said, a lot of times damage happens is when the leaves first come out, they're really that nice soft foliage. Mm-hmm. And and you get a heavy rain or something, it it'll it'll affect it like that. Because so even okay. like I have my lemon tree outside, and it's amazing. Like they're really durable, but even the heavy rain, it, it just really affects their leaves really quite easily. So yeah. and also if we have a little bit of raindrops, or if you watered, and the and the water sits sometimes on the leaves, and it can magnify, and so sometimes right. that'll make little spots. So. Like I said, for the most part, I, I try not to. I just investigate. If I see a whole bunch of bugs or netting or or white fluff or something, then I worry about it. But other okay. than that, I, I don't worry too much. Okay. That's good news. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to – like I'm not one for just going out and spraying for the – just for the hell of it, you know? Like you kind of <laughs> – I think, yeah. Because no. otherwise you're just wasting and hurting the environment. I just think spot spray, If you see it, if you see an issue, let's identify it. And go from there. But like I said, little tiny things like that. I th- I think uh, if we all looked in our garden, we'd be. Uh, it would be. Okay. Uh, all righty. Well, that puts my mind at rest. Right. Thank you very much. All right. Perfect. Good- Take care. Bye bye. All right. And where I'm at for time, I'm good. I'm gonna go to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Hey. Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can I help you? I sent you a couple pictures of my pine trees, and I'm just a little yeah. bit concerned because, like, the color isn't consistent all the way through the branches. And during the fall, I did a heavy fertilize, and then in spring, I burnt my lawn. Like, I did another fertilize. So I was wondering if the <laughs> root system kind of, you know, no, the pine trees the, took that up, and it, they're affected by it. So, no. I looked at that. You have spruce gall aphids. Like when I okay. see them right in the tips like that, yeah, the aphid gets in the end. If you if you were to cut open that end piece and break it open, you can see that it's been hollowed out. And oh, really? what has happened is a a little aphid. It's similar to what I mentioned earlier, caller about um, yeah. the weevil. It yeah, gets in there, that. and they love and they love eating the new growth, right? Because they can't get into an old spruce and spruce tree and get in there and eat it because this is too harsh, right? But that new growth, when it's soft and supple, nice and juicy, they get in there and they eat it from the inside out. So they like said, if you cut those ends off, break it open, you'll see that there, you might even still see the odd maggot or something little left in there, but you'll see that it just ate it from the inside out. All so right. what I would do is just really recommend is uh, put a soaker hose on those spruce trees, give them a really good slow deep watering, and the yeah. different coloration is the old growth and the new growth. That's all that is. So okay, good. Yeah, I've been watering it like twice a week, like for forty five minutes each one. And yep, it, it that's good. Like maybe yeah, just, like and get those soaker hoses are, is good. Yep, yeah, the soaker hose is best so you're not running water down your street or anything like that, that's right. and leave it on. 
And, uh, and if you're provide. just using a soaker hose, yep, totally fine. I would even leave it on for three or four hours But if you're using oh, wow. a soaker hose because those sweating ones, because you got to get in there nice and deep and once a week like that for a bit because they do look like they're a little bit of desiccation, but I would just, um, like I said, I wouldn't be too concerned. They look pretty healthy. Otherwise, there's a bit of thinning out, like maybe you can look at a bit. How tall are these ones? Uh, they're about 20, 25 feet. Yeah, so you might want to look at getting an arborist in there in the fall, just do a spruce clean up the center. And it's it's amazing when you get that done of, of how good the trees look afterwards. Like our arborists, they'll climb right through the center of the tree and they just remove all the dead wood and clean it up. Yeah. And it's uh, it's actually quite amazing. I, when Mark was first showing me on those, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure if I need that. But once he did it, and it's like I look up, I go, holy bring cow. It, bring it, looks, it back. Yeah. yeah. I, I seem to Absolutely. do I never knew. I, I, I'd do it at the beginning of springtime. Usually I'd clean them all up. But is it better to yep. do it at fall then? Yeah, it is because a lot of times you have the the summer damage, the new growth is done, and that way if there's any dead damage or disease branching at that time, we can clean it up before winter Perfect. and uh, and crawl through there. So, all right. That sounds great. Thank you very much all for right. your help. Have a great day. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Marcia. Good morning, Marcia. Hi. I've got a fern peony Japanese fern peony that's dying stock oh, nice. by stock. And it's Uh-oh. completely, when I was looking at it, because it's like one stock, it completely dries up and curls on the top and then another one. And then when I looked at the bottom of it, like it's black, like it was burnt to the ground. So I've lost yeah. about half of it. And I'm thinking, I don't see any bugs. What do I do? Uh, it, uh, is it in a shadier spot? Or uh, is it... Dappled shade. Okay. Yeah, because it does like a little bit of a warmer area. They don't like to be too wet. Yeah. Um, so typically if I see, if I hear it's getting dark, like black or something like that, yeah. a lot of times it's over water. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so maybe if you see it dying, you think maybe you watered a bit more. I just just be careful on that. Pull. If, do you have bark mulch around it? No. Okay. Just ensure that it has good soil and not buried too deep. Peonies do not like to be buried too deep. So just make sure, pull any loose soil away from the crown and uh, okay. and just try to, and maybe just poke a few holes in the soil around it. So should and, I and let it dry it out, out again and then, and then maybe plant it? No, I would just leave it where it is. Um, unless you have a, real, a good sunnier spot that you could put it. And try Rage Plus. Okay. On, when I get to a point like this, um, I, I, Rage Plus will help rebuild the tissue and help get it healthy again. It's sort of, it's sort of my go-to when things are ailing. Okay, I'd like so to should recommend I that. completely remove all the the black stalks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it because that stuff isn't going to come back. Okay. So, um, and and it just that. We all wish we could do that. Sometimes if we have a, a sore leg or something, we wish we could just cut it off and grow a new one. But the plants have that ability. So yeah. if one of the things aren't doing well, you're better just to remove it because that it's never going to come back anyways. Okay. So And then that way the plant isn't wasting its energy trying to revive that old gnarly wood or those diseased branches or leaves. So just okay. remove it. And okay. then that way it's removing any of it. Um he said, I'd pull any of the soil away from the crown, poke a few holes in the soil around it, just loosen it up, 
and then uh, I would get some Rage Plus and uh, and just give it a shot of that once a week for the next three or four weeks. Okay, I'll try it. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank Good you. luck, Marcia. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break, but if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You can call me after, and I'll chat with you after the break. You're listening to the Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. And we're going to chat with Teresa. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, this is uh, for next year, uh, next year question. I'm looking to get some seeds for a plant called marrow, M-A-R-R-O-W. And my mom in the 60s and 70s used to make a fruit compote out of it. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, it looks, it's a type of melon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? If it's the same one. Mar- yeah, marrow is a me- as a vegetable. The mature looks like a looks like it's part of the cucumber. Yes. And yeah, and it's similar to, um, to a zucchini. Mm-hmm. Looks kind of neat. It's kind of like looks like a watermelon mixed with a zucchini on the on the skin of it. Like okay. it has the green stripes. So it, yes. Yeah, it looks yes. very looks quite good. Mm-hmm. So. So where would I get? Se- so is it just called a melon, or what specifically? Yeah, it's a it's a type of uh, yeah. It is a fruit. I can see. Just let me see if West Coast, if we carry it, and uh, and then I can see. Typically, they have a really good selection mm-hmm. of of things, and I can just see if they carry it. Yeah, we do have it. So oh, we, we might even have it in stock. I'm not sure if we have it in stock. But we can definitely have it uh, in our store next season because we'll, we carry the West Coast seeds. And it, oh, it is one that, yeah. So yeah, we can definitely was, get uh, it for you. Excellent. I really appreciate that. Everywhere I went kind of looks at me and says, we don't have it and we don't know what it is. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. No, That's sort of why you want to go to a good garden center and we should be able to help you out with that. No problem at all. Okay. You take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're going to go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Hello, Fred. Yes. Good morning. How, good morning. How can I help you? Well, it's regarding my our mountain ash. There's two things. Okay. First of all, about, uh, and I suppose the new growth that's coming up about five or six feet away from the main trunk up into my lawn area, I've got some new growth showing and probably from a, uh, a shallow root. The second thing is the leaves are much smaller this year than any other time. They're only about half the size. Okay. I, would, I wonder I, what would cause that. Do you, do you have a tree well around your mountain ash? No, never have. Okay, the lawn, the lawn goes right up to it? Yes. Okay, I would recommend putting a tree well around it, like do three or four foot tree well around the, the base of your mountain ash, yes. and then you can fill that with nice soil a bit, and uh, don't don't put like six inches or something, but you can no. make it nice and then maybe put some bark mulch down. It just enables you to add nutrients to it 
um, more for the tree. And a tree like that needs to get watered in really good in the fall. Because typically when I see really small uh, foliage, leaves and that, it tells me it probably didn't go, there wasn't enough moisture in the ground um, when it goes to leaf out and when it went to sleep last winter. So okay. they need to get watered in good in like September, October. Because yep. our, our, our August, September, October's, Novembers and even into December, the last three or four years have been extremely dry. Yeah. And we seem to get our snow just after Christmas and then it stays all winter. But by that time, the ground is frozen. So a lot of that moisture isn't in the ground. And, and so they go to, they're all going to bed dry. And then when they go to leaf out, they just don't have the moisture in there because typically uh, mountain ash has a lot of foliage. So they take a lot of water to fulfill all that foliage, right? Because then they're also setting bud for flowers and then to produce berries as well. So um, I would just say it's probably a lack of nutrients and, and lack of water. Okay. And that would account for the foliage around the trunk lower down that's all sprouting out as well. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're suckering yep. up because it's not getting the yep. moisture yet. So right. just dig down, cut those out, make a nice tree well around it because they really, and they hate damage to the trunk. So if someone has grass right up to the trunk yes, and we all, we all get a little bit lazy and we maybe just, oh, I can just sneak the weed whipper in there a little bit close. And we nick the bark yeah. off the offer. <laughs> we've, we've all been guilty of it, and uh, but that's it's really really hard, especially on mountain ash, aspens, a lot of those sort of softer bark trees like that. It and it causes a lot of damage later yeah. on. So. I'm very careful. I don't hit it when I mow or anything like that. And I, I should <laughs> okay. We won't tell nobody. No. Right? Should I put a tree well around my linden as well? Absolutely. All your trees should have a tree well. Okay. It, it's just it's never good to have turf right up to it. Because when you have a nice tree well, you're protecting it from um the dreaded weed whacker, lawnmowers, uh, any of that stuff. But it also enables you to feed it and stuff like that in those certain areas when you want to add some good nutrients to your to your trees and shrubs. So Thank you very much. Alrighty. Perfect. Bye. All right. Take care. Thanks, Fred. And I got a little bit of time. I'll just read a couple of texts and uh, getting lots of calls. And right this time of year, we see a lot of cankers, a lot of aspen damage and uh, and things like that where your trees are oozing. And if you have a lot of, uh, of, of oozing, this time of year is typically when they do it in the heat. They almost sweat it out. Um, I'm seeing quite a few. I did get a text um, from one of our listeners who believed he had a birch tree and it's actually an aspen. It has a lot of damage. Like it's that one you can't recover. It's it's not going to recover from that. Um and eventually it's just gonna die off. So either you just live with the tree as it is for a while and let it do its thing, or you remove it earlier and then start fresh with something um, that'll be nice and healthy for you because sometimes you can waste four to five years or something and then the tree goes and then you got to dig it out, replace it. And, uh, or you just look at it that one night I'm not able to protect or, or get it to survive and you're better off just to replace it at that time. So anyways, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
It's smoky and 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police continue to investigate a suspicious death after a man was taken to hospital overnight where he later died. Police believe he was involved in a fight early Saturday morning. A team of 100 firefighters from Mexico arrived in Canada yesterday, was given rapid COVID-19 tests, briefed, and then prepared to hit the fire lines in British Columbia. There are 257 forest fires burning in the province, and Mike Farnworth warns that challenging weather is in the forecast for the foreseeable future. Olympic medalists can now remove their masks for 30 seconds for photos while they are on the podium. The IDOC knows athletes want to smile and show emotion, which is good news for the Canadian swimmers who have won Canada's first two medals of this Olympic Games. It's mainly sunny and smoky today with a high of 26. The smoke will stick around into tomorrow and will have a high of 27. It's 17 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next schedule news at 11 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Jimmy. Good morning, Jimmy. Yeah, good morning. Um, first off, I was trying to figure out it's called um, a broadleaf on the lawn, how to get rid of it. And then I kind of found a picture. It's called bind leaf, very similar to it. So yeah. I'm not sure. Is there some sort of uh, spray without killing the yeah, lawn? Yeah, kill X. Yeah, Killex. So that's a yeah. It's a non. It's a selective herbicide. So yeah. it's a broadleaf herbicide. So it'll look after like stuff like clover, um, dandelions, and things like that, and it won't kill your grass. Oh, okay, perfect. And I guess any uh, department store would have it. You know, from Canadian Tire to Home yep. Depot. And what? Oh, okay. Yeah, they should have it, or go to a garden center and uh, yeah. support them as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I ask one question, too? I know my yeah. brother did this, but he added more soil, more lawn seed to kind of kill things out, like a squish or, you know, kill weeds. Does that work any better than no. an alternative? No. Because no. Oh, okay. the weed just comes through it. Weeds are very diligent. I, yeah. I've seen, like, dandelions and thistles come through asphalt, right? Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, so if you tamp a little bit of soil, you're almost like feeding it. It just says, all right, bring it on. Thanks. Yeah, yeah very good point. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Okay, all right, take, take care, man. Bye. Thanks. All right, I'm going to go to Matt. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Merle. A couple of questions. How can I help you? Some like Catoni asters and, and Potentilla, some of the branches turn yellow. They seem to be healthy, yeah. but they're yellow, and everything else is nice and green. Is it something? If, if it's very minimal on yeah. your Tony Aster, it could be just to start a scale. So right. I'd get in there and just look on the branch. If you see a bunch of little dots or yep. little little bumps, mm-hmm. I would just mm-hmm. cut that out and it'll right. fill in. Right. And potentillas, every few years, like every like six seven years, I and actually even like my, actually my neighbor, they get there's they just trim off the top like 10 15 percent and kind of shape them uh-huh. every spring uh-huh. and they just revive really nice you get good new growth every year right so even if you just shape up your 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 uh potentilla uh-huh. it, they respond to that very well so okay so that'll get rid of the yellowness yeah and yellow it, it, it could be just a, yeah it could be a little bit of lack of nutrients as well what, uh, what, depends what if nutrients it's in the, do you think 
Um, is it is it in a wetter spot? No, it's it gets it, it gets the sun and everything. It just seems like there's okay. a lo- little bit of it just seems to want to be yellow, and the rest of it's nice and green. S- so I would just do like a twenty twenty twenty, just hit it with oh. an all purpose. Oh, it doesn't okay. sound like you need the micronized iron or anything like that. It probably just needs a little bit of trace elements. Okay. So if you just did like a twenty 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 yep. on that, yes, it would be I perfect. have that. Okay. And, Give it a good uh, water first, and then yep. then fertilize. Okay. And one other question: My, mountain ash, okay. it it's got it all. It always suckers very badly, and the branches yeah. on the top are are turning brown, and they're just dying. Okay, you could like without seeing it. Sometimes if they're curling over, you could no, have fire blight. Out. Just turning brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, the they're best dying. thing to do is to, if you could send me a picture, if there's a way you could cut off a couple branches, put it into a uh-huh. into a uh, sandwich bag or a Ziploc bag, right? And then you could bring it in either to us or if you're closer to another garden center, right? Just pop in there and 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 let them look at it. Okay. And. Uh, but I would, that's what I would recommend, or if you like, right. you can call Mark. He can come out uh, right. from Pruned Up right. to and have a look at it. You might need to get pruned out. Right, so, right. But in it, unfortunately, when they sucker, if it's an established tree, there's not much you can do. It just wasn't planted typically perfectly. Is it? Is it suckering right at the trunk? Yes, all around the trunk. Yeah, so it was maybe just planted a little bit high. But okay. you can try to put a little bit of soil and ensure that you're watering just that slow, deep watering when you do right. water. Right. Because if it's if if the if the leaves are just turning crispy, it could be running a little bit dry as well. Right. Right. Okay. Well, thank Alrighty. you very much. I enjoy your show. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, and I got time for one more before the break. I'm going to go to D. Good morning, D. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Um, Merle, I've been looking all summer for a Sutherland Caragana tree. Yeah. Have you, Why? Have you been able to get a hold of any? Yeah, we just got some in. I, I'm not did. a huge fan of Yeah, we got some in. And I'm just not a big fan of them. Like, they're okay, like in certain places, but they get become very floppy. So if they're... If they're out in a windy spot or – because I see them if you, if you drive around, like even coming into my area, like I live in Cranston down in Riverstone. So they haven't planted – the city planted them all up top when you come off a of Deerfoot, all mm-hmm. in the boulevards. And 80% of them are flopped over because um, they just they, – they lose their – they don't have a real strong root system. And they're just – like I said, unless they get really nurtured properly in the yard, they'll take off like crazy. I think there's better um, – there's a lot better plants if to to give you that same kind of thing. Okay, we, we we have about ten of them in right now. So, and like I said if they get planted in the right spot, planted at the right depth, watered properly, and just get to be able to secure. But if they're out in any kind of wind or things like that, I just find that they they just flop all over. And I, I, the city still in, insists on using them on some of their boulevards and stuff. And same thing if you go through um, Walden. Yes, okay. It's not that old. And they're flopped over there, sort of on your way to the Bald Depot and that there. They, they're they on the boulevard and they're flopped over. Like they're just, they're not a great plant, especially if you start with a caliper. Start in potted is a lot better. But when they're when they're transplanted as caliper trees, they just, they don't do well. 
Okay, because this is a very difficult spot to find something to grow. It's halfway down a hill. It's very, very shady. Uh, And so trying to find something that would grow fairly quickly and and be... Yeah, and Carragana don't like shade too much either. Mm. Um, I don't think anything. Powdery mildew. Well, Annabelle hydrangeas, like they, if you're looking for something, they get about three to four feet high. Big white blooms, love the shade, and are very hardy. Okay, I might have to go for that. I've been looking for something taller because I wanted, like, sort of a privacy for the back lane area. Uh, So I was looking for something about 10 feet high. But what is what is what is doing the shade? Like what's creating the shade? What's creating the shade? Uh, um, my garden faces south and east, and I have a massive fir tree at the bottom of the yard that cuts okay. out the sun coming in all the way across the bottom of the yard. Okay. And then a garage on the west side. So it's so it's, another thing I'd recommend is stand back, take a couple of pictures of your area, mm-hmm. and uh, and then come down to the garden center and chat with one of the folks. And they're like, chat with Terry or or somebody in the or Trevor or Gloria or Carly in the tree lot there. Because mm-hmm. if they have a bit of a visual, they'll be able to help you, and we'll be able to select something. And you can recommend and just say that I recommended like Annabelle's. But depending on what kind of light, we might be able to even do um, like a gladiator crab apple. Because if it can get above the certain spot where the shade is, yep. Um, so I would just take some pictures and bring it in. It really helps. Okay. Um, for us to look at it, or if you have an iPad or, yep, or something yep. a little bigger. If, okay. Okay, I will. Thanks very much. Awesome. Okay. It makes a big difference. Then we can get you on the right track. Sounds good. Okay, Perfect. thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Just got a a nice picture from one of our listeners. Um, I had recommended before from uh, Annabelle Hydrangea. Perfect spot, all shade. Sent a beautiful picture. This one's in full bloom, looking gorgeous, nice white blooms. So if you're looking for something, if you have that shady spot where things struggle, Annabelle's are one of my go-to hostas, ligularias. And uh, a few other ones, a lot of shrubs. I don't, I just don't recommend them in the shade. They just, they just don't do well. It's, um, yeah, it's a struggle for some. They're just, if it's, if it's shady north side, grow, go with the stuff that's going to do well. And we have a good say shade section. Say that five times fast. Shade section. Uh, <laughs> um, won't sound so good after that. Um. And, uh, and get your shade garden looking really good, which it can. And uh, I love doing shade. And uh, it just, I don't know, just when you have the right plants in the right spot, it's just, uh, it makes it all happen. But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, well, I, um, I'm having... A question about a 40-year-old or maybe older uh, Velosa lilac hedge. It is um, 
Oh, it's probably 50 feet long and yeah. uh, 8 feet tall and maybe 4 feet wide. Uh, okay. My problem is I'm actually looking at it right now. It's beautifully healthy looking, but um, it has gotten so tall, it's really difficult to handle. And uh, the inside, of course, has no growth at all. Um, It's obviously alive in there because uh, at the top of this eight feet, it looks lovely. Um, Here's my problem. I also have a a garden in uh, front of it, and it's getting impossible for me to get in behind this garden. And... uh, I hate to cut it right down, um, but um, I don't you, know what... You could do some thinning out. You could do some shaping of it, and uh, it depends. Have you, have, you, has you, have you ever cut it, like, halfway or three-quarters at all ever before? No. Uh, we've been okay, only here for about 15 years, and I'm pretty sure the hedge is closer to 40 years. Good. Uh, okay. If I were to cut it down, uh, say even to the ground, where you get a more even growth, um, it, it will for sure all grow back, just like you do oh, that, yeah. Tony Aster. Yeah, it's reju- yeah, just called rejuvenation. Yeah, I've taken a, a full lilac hedge around, and uh, I remember the look on one of my clients' face. She, I thought she was going to kill me. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I said this because the same thing. It was this. It was old and spindly. It just wasn't doing well. So I took it right down to the ground, and then it, like within the first year, like it was four to five feet high, and like because all that energy goes to good new growth, and then they can shape it, and you can and you can control it a little bit better. And when it's smaller, like when it gets to that three or four feet, you can you can trim all the top off and shape it so it'll thicken up lower. Right. And and then let it let it grow. It's just really hard to thicken them up when they get that big because I hate taking it to like say six or seven feet because then you're cutting a bunch of thick branches and it'll th- it'll thicken up again at that point, but it'll just shoot for the sky again, right? And, and okay, you won't really solve because the some of these uh, inner branches are, I'll bet they're two, yeah. maybe even three inches in diameter. But you say that. Yeah. They'll all come back. Yeah, yep, they'll just shoot up a whole bunch from the bottom. Again, okay. like you said, you might want to, um, and even maybe, I'm not too sure whereabouts. Whereabouts are you located? Uh, we're in Alboya. Okay. So you might want to give us a shout. Um, I could get Mark to come by. and mm-hmm. just, Let's do an on-site assessment. And that, those are free. You can Mark will come by and do an estimate for you. He'll mm-hmm. look at the health of the, of the plant, what he thinks should happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then go from there because um, sometimes without seeing it, I, I don't want. If it's a nice, healthy thing that we can keep it the height without taking it right down, okay. I'd rather do it that way. But if it has a whole bunch of dead wood, it might need that rejuvenation. So what I would do is if you if you give Mark a call and I can give you his number here. Okay. Um, well, I've got three. Boosted up number. Is that all I need? Yeah. Yeah, you can just go there and you can say you want to make an appointment for Mark to come by and have a look, and uh, he'd be more than happy to have a look for you. Okay. The other thing I didn't mention 
uh, it is about eight feet tall, but it's also our garden is in a little bit of a sunken plateau, so the head yep. is actually up about another three feet, so it is a very difficult hedge to handle. Um, no, and that's why you need to call guys like Mark. Yeah, we okay. have all the tools. We have the poles, the ladders. We, okay. We, and, now, uh, so you do feel that uh, if we decided to cut it right down, even the first year, it would grow maybe... Oh, yeah, five, six feet, feet, for sure. Yep. Okay, all right. Yep, but let's let's look at it. We might be able to, to, yeah, to shape it into what we're looking for um, rather than uh, just chopping it down. A lot of times we do rejuvenation is when we got a lot of deadwood. But if we don't have a lot of deadwood, let's just treat it with some good shaping and proper pruning, and uh, we might be able to solve it with that. Okay, and better to cut it right to the bottom rather than just halfway or so. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because then you get a different growth, yeah. Yep. All right. Okay, well, Merle, I love your show, and you've been Thank you so much. Okay, Awesome, and uh, look forward to Mark meeting with you, Jackie, and we'll go from there. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. All right, and i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone line and go to Connie. Good morning, Connie. Hello. Hello. Hi, Connie. How can I help you? I'm just phoning about to find out what we did incorrect with our garlic. Was it All right. too hot, not wet enough, too sandy? Um, what did you, what, you planted it, it just didn't grow, or what happened? It did, it did, and then it died right off. Huh. Um, without, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, like, typically, we got sand and did I not water it well enough? Was it too hot? It, it could have been, especially this year with the way, we, if it didn't get the good watering, um, well, we, it we definitely we, could we have. We thought we did, but. And starting with good, like good cloves to when you, when you have good bulbs, good garlic bulbs to plant. So did you buy from a garden center yeah, yeah. or did you get well, ones from the grocery well, we store or whatever? We thought they were, we thought they were reputable, reputable, oh, that word. We yeah, thought they I were gotcha. good. <laughs> yeah, I I Yeah, and it should be, like I said, garlic, I know we did some this year and they were really small. Like my garlic came up really small this year. But I've had some people just say they've had some of the best garlic ever. Um, just good soil. Did you plant them right in the ground or in yeah, pots? Yes, we did straight in. But we have sand. Would that be a problem? Yeah, you don't want too too much sand. Oh, like, well, so our, our, our you soil might is want, very sandy. Yeah, so you maybe want to if you get a little bit of loam in there or a bit of potting soil, mix that in into that batch area. Yeah, um, okay. And that would help. Our, and our see east, if that helps. Yeah. Our east garden yeah, help is, hold is better that way. Our west garden is not so. Good that way. Yeah. So we probably yeah. Need so to get some spots. soil. Yeah. Try that for sure. And the the the, the um, garlic that is there now, hope, we're hoping that it'll be good seed for next year. Probably not. Eh? Yeah, you could sh- probably not. I would just utilize it, like harvest it, and then start with some good uh, yeah. garlic okay. bulbs. Yeah. Next. Yeah. But uh, and in the fall is a great time to plant them, so you can plant them in the fall as well. In the fall. Yeah, we get a lot of oh. them in in the fall. Yeah. Oh, we did it early in the spring. The snow was still on the ground. Yeah, 
Yeah, a lot of people like to do it, and they have good success planting their garlic in the fall. But it still so, didn't help. Yeah, and try doing some spinach at that same time. I don't know oh. if you've ever tried that. It sounds like you have a bunch of garden areas. So um, I've seen some gorgeous um, spinach where people, they sow it in the fall, and then early April into early May, they're getting their, their harvesting spinach already, and it's just nice, crisp, and green. It's beautiful. Oh, you mean around around the garlic as well, or with the yeah, garlic? Yeah, absolutely. No, oh, right, okay. no, right, like beside it or something like that. So, so, you're, so you're trying to tell me that it's too sandy and maybe not enough water, and I was wondering about yeah. heat. Did it like that heat yeah, that we had? Loves the heat, loves the heat. Oh, loves the so, heat. Yep. Oh, so okay. That, uh, yeah, so that's good. So that can't be the problem. No, I don't think so. So we like probably just the soil for a while. Yeah, lack of like I said, especially sandy. So just probably wasn't enough moisture okay. to grow the bulbs nice and okay. big. So get some good so, soil in there, amend that, and you should be good. Okay, okay, good, good. Thank so you, we'll Carney. Again, this is the first year we've ever tried it. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, unfortunately, John Twig and Jeanette, I can't get to you. Um, thanks everybody. Great show. Lots of calls, lots of texts. Um, until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.